friends, welcome to the Intuitive Mother Podcast, the podcast created to help you awaken, heal, and connect to your truth and your desires as you journey home to you in the midst of motherhood. I'm your host, Angie Schaefer, wife, mom of two teen daughters, intuitive life coach, and Reiki healer, creator of The Awoken Woman, and spiritual joy seeker. Each week, we'll come together and chat just as if we are on my sofa, side by side, sharing sacred space. It is my greatest hope to help other moms by offering insights, interviews, and straight up truth on all things motherhood and womanhood to guide your journey home with a friendly and healing vibe. Our time is now. Let's go. Welcome back to the Intuitive Mother Podcast. I am so excited to be back here with you this week for the second time. This episode coming up is part two of my conversation with Kate Williams-Stone. We knew as soon as we spoke to plan out coming together on the podcast that it would probably be more than one episode that we would share our conversation and she has so much wisdom to give to the listeners that I couldn't wait to just do them back to back two in a week. So I hope you got a chance to listen to Tuesday's episode on intuitive eating and diet culture and fad diets and the spectrum of disordered eating and eating disorders and a little glimpse into what we're going to talk about today, which is perimenopause being the second puberty. And for me, this was like mind-blown mic drop when I first saw Kate post this on her Instagram. It is so true when I talk to Kate how much that resonates with me. And um, you know what? This was like these the time period for me of like coming home to myself. So we share a lot of fun, a lot of laughter, a lot of truth, and a lot of wisdom with you on today's episode. I hope you love it as much as I loved spending this time with Kate. As I said on Tuesday when I introduced her, she is a certified health and life coach through the Health Coach Institute. In addition, she has training in intuitive eating with Evelyn Trebole, maybe? Uh, She helps smart women like you and me master healthy living in their 40s. And I just think you are in for a treat. So here we go. All right, friends, welcome back to The Intuitive Mother. We have our guest, Kate Williams-Stone, again this week. So welcome, Kate. And this week, we are going to jump in right where we started to leave off on part one, when we talked all about intuitive eating, and get into perimenopause being the second puberty. And I am so excited for this conversation because my few conversations with Kate around this topic have been really enlightening and really allowed me to feel normal. And like, I'm on the, like that we're, we just sort of go, we're going through this and that, um, you know, it was, it's, it's okay. And other women are in the same boat, but I feel like, because 
that's not always what all of us feel or are told by our doctors that it, this is just going to be an exciting and juicy conversation about perimenopause so that we understand it better and we can take care of ourselves and we can lean into the truth of where we are in life. And um, yeah, let's just get started. I'm so excited to have you back and share all of this knowledge that you have with us. Thanks, Angie. I'm so glad to be back. Thank you for having me. And I'm just so excited to have this conversation with you because that's exactly what I think is missing right now Mm -hmm. for women in their 40s is this conversation around what is happening in our bodies, normalizing it, talking about it, and then learning how to take care of ourselves because it does change in your 40s based on your hormones changing. Mm -hmm. And I just saw a gap in education for us women. I'm 44. So I'm in it. I'm in it with you. Yeah. (laughs) But the the gap in education between what our medical doctors can provide and then holistically how we can take care of ourselves through nutrition, lifestyle change and mindset practice. And so that's where my work really fills the gap. It was what I Mm. wanted to hear at 41 when I knew I felt different but no doctor would say, but they took a blood test and said, no, you're, you're, you're good. <laughs> you're fine. Yes. Yes. I love that. When you lean into like, what did I need? What? how did I need somebody to show up and help me? And then it evolves into your passion of sharing that and helping others because the only way to help someone else, you know, I, I feel like when you live it and you know, what wasn't there to support you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, this is you definitely it's such a great time period, I think, and something that all women need. So why don't we get started with you sharing your like the definition of perimenopause and how you know that can be explained better to understand ourselves. Yeah. Better. Absolutely. Because I had no idea what perimenopause even meant until one of my best girlfriends who's 10 years older than me started explaining it to me. I'm like, well, thank God I had a girlfriend who was 10 years older than me and had already (laughs) been through this and could tell me, oh yeah, that's normal. Oh yeah, that's Mm going to happen. And this is going to happen. But let's talk about kind of the four stages of menopause because out there as you're scrolling Instagram or reading different things on the internet, the use of the word menopause is actually used incorrectly a lot of the time. And once you know what perimenopause is and how menopause is different, it just gives a lot of clarity to all of the stages. So I like to think of it as four stages of menopause. The first being pre-menopause, which is really from you know, our teenage years when we first start getting our periods, so Mm -hmm. 10, 12, whenever that was for you, up until about 35. So those are our, you know, normal fertile years where we're either trying not to have a baby or really Mm -hmm. trying to have a baby, depending (laughs) on what part of life we're in. But, you know, we're having regular cycles. It's a, it's a, women's body, you know, on a monthly cycle, Mm -hmm. then around 35 to 40, and it's different for every woman, we start into perimenopause, which is really the before menopause. And so that's where you can start getting some of these symptoms as far as your cycle changing, irregular cycles, heavier periods, um, a change in mood, increased anxiety, increased depression, a lot of these things can occur. 
and we don't even know it's going on. Mm -hmm. And I was really surprised to learn that your hormones can start changing as early as 35. Because honestly, I thought about menopause as something the golden girls went through. Like it was like <laughs> old lady yeah. business. And I was like hot and young and 35 and like, forget all that right, garbage. Right. You know? <laughs> I'm not thinking about any of that. Um, but that is perimenopause. And it continues up until we arrive at menopause. And menopause is actually, by a medical definition, just one day. So menopause is described as one year of having no period. So once you've had no period for one year and that exact one year anniversary, that day, that is your menopause. Your menstrual Gosh. cycle has paused. Right. Right. Oh my and gosh. So you have yeah. that one day <laughs> and then the day after you're postmenopausal. Wow. And that's the yeah. fourth stage of menopause. And then you're identified as a postmenopausal woman. Okay. So those are the four stages. And where I really focus and what I'm in right now in the thick of it is that perimenopause phase, which can be 10 to 15 years for some women. Mm -hmm. Wow. It, it, it's, I, it's crazy because I, I think like, I don't know about you, but my own experience was watching my mom go through menopause, which at that point, I didn't even know there was a term perimenopause. I mean, why would I? Because I was by 19 or 20 and didn't care. But she, I just remember all the talk about menopause and just that menopause was this long period of time. And then I almost feel like they talked about it as menopause being the long period of time. And then when you were without a period for a year, then you were post menopause or like in definite menopause. You know, we never yeah. talked about like yeah. pre or peri. It was just, you were in menopause symptoms and all you heard about were hot flashes. Yeah. So I feel like I would have had to think I was only in perimenopause or menopause symptoms if I was having hot flashes. Like that's all, yeah. they, hot, that's all they really talked about. <laughs> yeah. Hot flashes are like the hot topic and the thing, hot topic yeah. and the thing <laughs> that people think of mostly are like night sweats, hot flashes. Yes. But let me read quickly uh, the quiz that's in my guide. Are you in peri perimenopause? Because actually the only way you can identify that you're in perimenopause is by if you have a few of these symptoms. Mm -hmm. So yes, you could go to a doctor or gynecologist and get a blood test, but that blood test of your hormones actually just shows where your hormones were in that moment of time on that day. And as we know, a woman's hormones change throughout the month in her 28 mm -hmm. day cycle. And it's very common when you're in perimenopause to have some months where you don't ovulate, and by the way, you cannot ovulate and still have a period. And then there are some months where you are ovulating and have a period. So your hormones are constantly changing, which mm -hmm. is part of these symptoms that you're experiencing. And so really the most accurate way to identify that you're in perimenopause is just to know the symptomology and then your age. If you're over 35, you could be starting perimenopause changes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So some of the symptoms are like a new onset of shorter menstrual cycles. So less than 25 days. And that's a new change in your menstrual cycle. Um, night sweats, especially right before your period in the luteal phase, increased 
migraines or new migraines. And that was actually a experience I had. Like I never had migraines and all of a sudden I was in the office, like having a horrible oh. migraine. And I was like, what is this? I have never had this. And yeah. I put the connection together that I was getting migraines right before my period hormones mm -hmm. were changing mm -hmm. an increase in PMS or PMS symptoms, but those are changing and mood changes, uh, breast tenderness or soreness, increased menstrual pain, cramping. Doesn't this all sound just mm. amazing, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> New onset of heavier or longer periods, uh, mid sleep waking. This is a big one that I hear from women that it's they can fall asleep, but then all of a sudden they're waking up at three in the morning every single night and they can't okay. go back to sleep. So that's also um, a change in cortisol, uh, increased depression or anxiety, weight gain without changes in your exercise or eating, and even changes in weight distribution. So maybe your weight isn't changing, but you're noticing that your body composition is changing, right? Changes in your breasts, mm -hmm. your hips, your butt, like it's just it's changing, right? Right. Um, and you're like, oh, what is this? <laughs> and then the last symptom is brain fog and fatigue. So, oh my gosh, those are quite a few symptoms. But I would say if you checked yes to like three of those, you're probably in perimenopause. Right. I, I remember when you sent me this book and I'm like, oh, I'm going to just start checking. And the next thing I know, I think like, three fourths of them were checked. I was like, wow. All right. I mean, not that I didn't know that. I feel like yeah. for myself, the first thing I picked up on was my um, mood swings were different. Like I, yeah. I could actually, I felt meaner <laughs> and, yes. and, and my libido like dropped just, I would literally say, and this is like, just personal, but I would say like, you got like three days, that's an option mm -hmm. because I want nothing to do with anything outside of those three days. Like, please yeah. just let me sleep. And like, also stay away from me because I'm sort of mean mm -hmm. and everything everybody's doing at certain, like I would notice just like at certain weeks, like right when I got my period and for the week after I was fine. And then the next week, like I'd also like ebb and flow, but that typical, like two week out when you're ovulating didn't always occur, which I think you may have just hit when you were sharing that we don't always ovulate. So <laughs> meanwhile, yeah. I'm like, that's interesting that some months I feel happier around that time. And some months I feel like I'm still in the same groggy state as like the last two weeks of my cycle. Yeah, so it's like absolutely. one nice week and three nasty weeks. Um, <laughs> and I was just like, okay, but I'm not sweating a lot. I don't, but right. you know, now at 42, almost 43, I am like, I do have that, like right before my period, I sweat a lot and you've got the mood swings, the increased anxiety that I thought I had gotten under control in my twenties had peaked again. And, um, Gosh, it, it's so much of it. When you had those listed and I'm reading them, I'm like, oh gosh, yeah, you know, clearly. Yeah, absolutely. And I know I shared with you that I went to my OBGYN for a regular annual and I said to her, and I think that's so important because like, you know, there was my, my mom was only ever saw a male OBGYN. So I think in my, 
in my mind, it would be more expected for a male OBGYN to be like, well, nope, you're not in, you're not in perimenopause. You're not this, you're not that and not listen. And I always had felt really like seen and heard from my OBGYN and which I still did, but I felt like because I was 35 and I walked in and said, something's different. This is what's changing. And then she said, well, are your cycles shorter? Are It was all cohesive to like just my cycle. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. no, that, that's still normal. But the rest of this is off. And, you know, I was giving her more than just one thing. And it was just like, no, you're too young. But I was yeah. 35. Like I was, and so yeah. I thought, oh, okay, I'm too young. And in my mind, I remembered my mom being, probably in her forties. If I was like 1920, she was in her forties. So she never shared about it in her thirties. And I also would have probably been too young to even pick up on her thirties. If, if anything was changing then, but um, in her forties, I remember. And then I also had this thing in my mind and I just remember hearing, I don't know if this is an old wives tale, but like the older you are, when you get your period, in puberty, the older you'll be when you hit menopause. And so I carried that with me and I was not super young. I was, you know, 13 or 14 when I got my period. So I had this in my mind that I would not be the one in perimenopause or menopause, like not early, but like in my forties or fifties, like I always assumed I probably wouldn't hit menopause until I was like 60 because I thought I was like older. (laughs) (laughs) when I got like a little bit older, when I got my period. Um, So I just like old ways of thinking that I think like were the only way it was demonstrated. Like you said, like the golden girls, like you just imagine, like you have to be over 55 for that to happen. And it has to be met with hot night sweats all the time. Heat flash, hot flashes in the middle of the day and all that, that it couldn't be any of these other things. Yeah. And that experience that you describe of just not feeling like yourself, like internally knowing something's a little off, but Mm -hmm. it's like increased anxiety. It's different emotions versus just your cycle. And that's where I think there's a space between traditional medicine and holistic healing Mm -hmm. that we can really support women Mm -hmm. because that experience that you describe, Angie, is exactly what I hear from a lot of women. Something Mm -hmm. just doesn't feel right. I don't feel like myself anymore. The meno rage, that anger that you're talking Mm -hmm. about, meno rage is real, like being more (laughs) irritable, more angry. And part of that is hormonal. Part of it is also that we're in our forties and we're like, you know what? I'm not putting up with this. I was anymore. just going to say, like, like, I'm not putting up with this shit anymore. Like, no, no exactly. exactly. <laughs> I'm also like, not we're... putting up with this shit of like, nobody understanding me. Like something's got to yeah, get I'm, some... I'm setting my boundaries, you know? Yeah. So there's this internal emotional and spiritual experience too, along with the physical. And you're speaking to the gap that medical providers can't meet, which is like, mm-hmm. if your cycle is still normal, you're fine. Yeah. You're fine. There's some antidepressants. Go ahead ahead and go home. And in in the right situation, every situation is different. That's, that could be needed. And I am not by any means saying somebody shouldn't use antidepressants or any of that, but 
I just knew I was like, okay, no, it's not, it's not bad. It's just like something doesn't feel right. Like I don't, I yeah. feel like you took all my puzzle pieces and I finally am realizing they're all just like jumbled inside of yeah. me. And I don't know how to put them back together to be the same stable, sane woman that I was a year ago. <laughs> and well, yeah. it hit right when my daughters were hitting puberty and the teen years. And so then I feel like that just escalated some of my mm -hmm. own rage and my own triggers and feelings that were coming up. Yeah. And like we talked about in the last episode, perimenopause is this second puberty. Mm -hmm. So that experience of you feeling like a bunch of jumbled up puzzle pieces is the mess in the transformation. Right. And that's exactly what our kids, like we allow and give space and room for them to find themselves in mm -hmm. puberty. In the first puberty is really where you see, I imagine boys and girls, but I only have girls, but you see these adolescents like truly find themselves. Like who, yes. who are they? Who do they like to hang out with? What do they stand for? What really interests them? And yeah. then here we are at this second puberty and we're mm -hmm. back to who am I? What am I doing? Everything feels sort of off right now. I could almost understand why there's a lot of divorces in that time yeah. period, because suddenly, I, I don't know about men, but like, you've got all these women going, I, I, I don't know who I am, like what, what's going on. And then, um, you know, if you're someone like me, you just like take a jump off the cliff, like, well, I'm going to get to the bottom of this <laughs> and, and we're going to like start healing modalities, and acupuncture, which I had been doing, but like all these different holistic things. And then slowly would trickle in, oh, this piece of the puzzle goes there and this piece goes there. And now I'm feeling better, but different. I no longer have like a lack of boundaries. I no longer want to stand for this. I know. And I feel like that is what my daughters went through in their first puberty. You know, yeah. Which they're still in, in many, you know, one of them, at least in that time period of just finding yourself. And then here we are finding ourselves again. Yeah. Yeah. And I think at this point in life, it's like looking back at the first 40 years, right? And there is like a grief mm -hmm. and a loss of like certain decisions made or maybe careers that didn't happen right. or, you know, dreams that didn't come to fruition. And then also looking ahead to the next 40 years, like, who am I with? And what is my family? And what are these circumstances? And like, what do I want to create in the next 40, 50 years. Mm -hmm. And so there is kind of this reckoning in this point of life that you're mm -hmm. speaking to and it feels messy mm -hmm. and it feels a little out of control. And I also think it is a time where women are being called up if they're open to it, to this space of radical transformation, mm -hmm. physically, emotionally, spiritually, like you mm -hmm. spoke to up-leveling your healing modalities, right? And being more exploratory there in mm -hmm. your self-care and setting different boundaries. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like it has to get that messy and untangled or tangled up to then be like, okay, what am I going to do about this? And how can I take 
better care of myself because also on a physical level, it's fascinating. Like, I don't know, I'll speak from my own personal experience, but like in my twenties, I could like go out on a Friday night (laughs) and drink way too many glasses of wine and end up at the diner eating fried food. And I would get up the next morning, like on five hours of sleep and go like on a long run or to like this kick butt exercise class and not even have a headache. And now I think about that and I'm like, oh my gosh, if I did that today in my 44 year old body, oh my I hurt in the morning. Right. Uh, yeah. I hurt. <laughs> and that's, because... and I'm definitely not running because I can't even no. come up vertical. I'm horizontal <laughs> no. for a good portion. Right. And so our bodies are more sensitive. They can't process things in the same way they did in our twenties. Our recovery period, it's recovery time is longer. And so it's like our physical body is forcing us to take care of this vessel in an even stronger way. Right. And so it's a time also to be open to new habits and new lifestyle changes, nutrition changes, And that's where intuitive eating comes in for me because right. not from the traditional like diet culture, these are my new food rules now that I'm 44, this is what I mm-hmm. have to do. But how can I heal my relationship with food and transform that relationship so I feel satisfied with what mm-hmm. I'm eating and I feel nourished and my body feels mm-hmm. energized. And then there are some nutrition hacks that are just really basic once a perimenopausal woman knows them on, oh, if I focus on some of these foods, they actually hormonally support my body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's just shortcut that and share that information. Right. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. No, I love that. And what kept coming up for me is I remember many, many, many episodes on the podcast. One thing that I had hit me out of nowhere was, um, it's not a midlife crisis. It's a coming home. And I remember sharing with a friend and mentor at that time, like, wow, I think we focus so much as a society on like the midlife crisis and whether that's in guys or in women where there's some type of transformation and crisis that comes up. And it's really for me, it became a coming home and like transferring Mm -hmm. back into how was I going to take care of myself at this point? And um, even today, I was thinking a lot about like how it took me so long to respect myself and my Mm -hmm. body and what my soul needed because I just was blind to it at the time. Like I thought I'm healthy. I, I take care, you know, I'm in a healthy marriage. I am happy. I'm doing this. But then right in that perimenopausal time period of now I know my second puberty, I started having all these like, wow, like I really shouldn't drink. I remember saying to the doc, to my family doctor, actually, they, I was under a lot of stress. I was caregiving at the exact same time of being in this beginning stages of perimenopause. And I, he said to me, how do you relieve your stress? And I said, two glasses of wine a night, like what, what more do you want me to do? You think I'm going to make it to the gym? And and I I was like, I'm taking care of my grandparents. I'm taking care of my kids. I'm like running a business from home. Two glasses of wine sounds fantastic to me. It's the easiest thing. One during while I'm making dinner and one after dinner. And he was like, "Uh, I I think you want to rethink that. But that was it. 
that was the end of the conversation. I think you want to rethink that. And he left and I was like, oh, okay. So that's not okay. And um, I'm going to need to figure out what is okay and how I can take care of myself. And so that was by like 35, 36, by 38, I was working with coaches. So that whole period of like 35 to 38, I kept saying to my husband, I don't know who I am. Like, I don't know what I want. I I know I want to be married. I know I love being married. I love being your wife. I I love the girls, but like, I don't know what I want. And I'm not happy where I am working per diem. And I'm not finding success in other things, but I think it's because I don't actually know what I want because I've just survived for so long going at this speed and I've not really taken care of or listened to myself. So that was when I had, like, eventually I had this big aha, like this doesn't have to be a midlife midlife crisis. This is about coming home. And during, it does seem to me that that aligns really much into perimenopausal time period of that second puberty. You're coming back home and saying, okay, well, wait a minute. Everything I figured out when I was a teen, now it's all jumbled up and society has taught me to do this or to do that. And I've listened for a really long period of time, but now I don't want to listen to that anymore. And I want to listen to me inside and see what can I do to feel better about myself, take better care of myself. Like, like you said, you're looking at this next stage and I'm looking like, oh my gosh, like I'm 35. So in another 35 years, I'm 70. Clearly I've been a grandma probably at that point or whatever. Uh, Oh my gosh. Like you want to be around for that. You want to be like Mm -hmm. physically healthy, spiritually healthy, like just well-rounded and somewhere from 18 to 34, you lost track of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think what you're speaking to is a shift in priorities and Mm -hmm. also the increased demands at this point in life, like speaking to being a caregiver for elders and then kids and Mm -hmm. the career is usually like at its top. There's just like women take on a ton of responsibility especially at this age, plus not to mention like the mental load of just managing our households that we mm-hmm. do just as a given, <laughs> you know, like yes. our, our brains are just going right. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's increased stress and responsibility at this time, but also a reframing around what are my health goals actually? Like mm-hmm. it used to maybe be about being a size six and that was the most important thing or a certain number on the scale. But now looking forward. Sure. I want to feel great in my body, but also like, I want to be able to take a long walk with my grandkids or, Mm -hmm. you know, not use a cane or a walker, (laughs) you know, and have like an active lifestyle. And so Mm -hmm. how am I going to set this physical body up to do that in 40 years? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I think the priorities around healthy living change Mm -hmm. at this time, which is Mm -hmm. also why it's a beautiful time to become like more internally focused on cues versus like the outward, just the outward appearance Mm -hmm. of health. Mm -hmm. And what a beautiful time that women have the opportunity to embody that in this second puberty while our children are hitting their puberty. And we're now modeling a much different way of living than our mothers maybe modeled for us only because you know what, when we know more and we know better, we do better and we do better for what we want to pass down 
as that legacy of, you know, I remember very clearly around the same time starting to really say to my daughters, like, this is a, what you want to do the rest of your life. That is about like obtaining happiness. Like it's not mm-hmm. like if you are happy, you are being successful. And I don't want you to force yourself to do any specific sport or any college in particular, or work too hard for that, or too many honors classes or AP classes, just because that's what society is telling you is the normal route. That may have been the normal route for 20, 30 years. It's no longer. And Mm -hmm. you are going to end up being 35 and saying, who the hell am I? What the hell am I doing? And who do I want to be? And then you're going to see this all like blow up and transform. Not to say that it won't, transform in her own second puberty, but that it will maybe be even a higher level of that awakening and embodiment. But like, this was the legacy that I felt like, wow, what a time period as you're talking of like, all right, well, so the moms are in their second puberty and what an example they can set now to have a different way of living and for their children to see that. Is just yeah, I think beautiful changing it generationally, right? Like right. your perspective as a teen watching your mom go through perimenopause. Well, now your daughter's version of that watching you is very different. Mm-hmm. And so we're changing what this legacy is for women. Mm-hmm. Like how it's spoken about, right. how it's talked about. I was just yeah, going to say, even just the, the conversations, having the conversations with them and honoring and owning like, hey, like yesterday I seemed a little bit like cranky, not just, I feel like 20 years ago, it may have been like mom had rage and then walked away from it. And it like wasn't spoken to of Mm -hmm. what it was or what you were feeling and what a disservice we did to that next generation of moms (laughs) to not like, and and then their daughters, because we didn't like come full circle in like what that really was and what was showing up and like leaning into those feelings versus just like, it's okay to just go on a rage and then walk away from it Mm -hmm. and not address it again, which is a huge part of my work and my like coming into being an intuitive mother, like leaning into myself and leaning into like, how will this best serve them? Even if I have to own the mistakes I have made and that ownership feels really crappy sometimes because you thought you would do better and and you didn't. And then, but then getting, giving yourself grace and getting the chance to create a new pattern going forward when you are aware. So I think so much around awareness of just in our, in our lives and in our bodies comes forward during that time period. Yeah. I love it. I love that. Yeah, Yeah. I do too. What would you say are, so you mentioned like there's some foods to hormonally help balance. Like what are some of the like top three things that you feel like women can do to just help themselves through those beginning stages yeah. of perimenopause that are more like overall statements. Like every woman would benefit from this. It doesn't have to be just the one with this symptom or that symptom. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, there's a myth that you can balance your hormones <laughs> in perimenopause. And I just want to say you can't. Uh, oh, well, that's actually great to hear. Cause I thought I could balance. I actually, a few months ago bought some like balancing herb and then realized after months of having very erratic, like stomach issues, 
I was like, hmm, I wonder if that's coming from that herb that I'm taking. And my doctor knew I was taking it and it's been used for many, many yeah. years, you know, generations even. And I end up going down the box and I'm like, and it, I mean, it was sold as a hormone balancing. Yeah. Herb so to speak. That's how I come into this. And I was like, Oh, actually. So I, I took myself off of that. And within like three days, I was back. Amazing. It's crazy. I was like, <laughs> so okay, this is why you work with professionals, Angie, like, <laughs> yes. go to an herbalist or something, you know, just go to Whole Foods and find your own balancing herb. Yeah. And now absolutely. I know I can't even balance it. So what's yeah. So if you, what's happening for us in perimenopause is that the ovaries that are producing estrogen and progesterone are sputtering. So just as our ovaries came to life during our first puberty, right? And maybe when we started our periods, they were different. They were lighter. They were erratic at first. The same thing is happening on the other end, but our ovaries are kind of sputtering as they slowly get to stopping, right? And so that's the perimenopause phase. So by being in perimenopause, you are actually in hormonal imbalance. Gotcha. That's the mm-hmm. state, but it's not a bad thing to be in imba- imbalance, right? We can't look at it as like this binary black and white thing, like, oh my God, I'm imbalanced. Like mm-hmm. it's wrong. It just is. It's like um, another way of describing it is like, if you have a soup, like, you know, when I'm making a soup recipe, like yeah, I follow the recipe, but then I kind of like add a little bit more mm-hmm. salt and then I taste it and I add a little bit more paprika and like I eventually get that soup to like where I want it. And so in perimenopause, that hormonal soup keeps changing, right? <laughs> One week mm-hmm. there's like a little bit more spice, the next week there's a little bit more pepper. And so it's constantly changing. It's not bad or good, it just is. Mm-hmm. And so once we know, okay, I'm a little out of balance, that's this time, what can I do to support my body in feeling, you know, being able to process some of these uh, estrogens and progesterone, what can I do to support? So the first thing I would say is increasing your intake of phytoestrogens. So sometimes we can have less estrogen in our body. Again, it depends on the month, Mm -hmm. but eating foods that are rich in phytoestrogens can help our body. They also usually tend to be higher in fiber. And so estrogen is one of those hormones that if you don't process it, if you don't detox it through sweat, urine, or poop, um, it stays in the body. And then it actually becomes a more harmful kind of estrogen and stays in the liver. And so we want to have regular digestion all the time so that we're processing um, that estrogen. So things like um, cruciferous vegetables, your bok choy, uh, cabbage, red cabbage, broccoli, cauliflower, all of those are cruciferous vegetables, phytoestrogens and high in fiber, those can really support your well-being. Um, eating foods that are rich in omega-3 fatty acids. So mm. like high fat fishes like salmon and tuna, but also nuts like walnuts and almonds can be really helpful. And then just anything that's rich in antioxidants. So you know, eating the rainbow, mm-hmm. looking at your plate that it has like a lot of different colors and not even just your plate. It's like throughout your week, how many different colors of food are there 
throughout your week. So your, your deep purples of your berries and then, you know, greens and blueberries and Mm -hmm. yellow peppers. Right. And this is the gentle nutrition approach of intuitive eating that it's not like, Oh, I have to eat this many cups of vegetables every single day. It's more about, let me have a rich variety of Mm -hmm. these phytoestrogen Mm -hmm. foods. That's going to help support my well being. And I love that you shared that as like, what are the colors on your plate through your week? Because it's so important to recognize, like, maybe there's a day where it's not the rainbow and that, you know, you're just, you're in a rush and things are not as elaborate in what you're serving or that you're able to get in, but that if you're being conscious of that throughout the week that it doesn't, you you don't, you can give yourself grace for that one day. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever. Yeah. 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 I mean, this is what I work with my clients on is one, the mindfulness piece, right? Like the mindset of like, this is progress, not perfection. Mm -hmm. And then also that what we do consistently matters more than what we do occasionally. And so we all have that off day or days Mm -hmm. or even weeks, but looking at like, okay, over a week, over a month, how are my daily health habits? How am I supporting my well-being long-term and looking Mm -hmm. at that as a measure of success rather than this day wasn't perfect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because really that all or nothing thinking, that perfectionist thinking is what keeps us in like a diet binge cycle. I'm mm-hmm. either perfectly following my plan or I have no plan at all. Right. right. And where I want to support women is like, no, we need to live in the gray. We need to live in the balance. And also we have unbelievable stressors on our plates. And so to take care of our health in a perfect way is an unrealistic expectation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. So, so, so true. And it makes me think about, you know, my Apple watch here and how, you know, some days I'm like, gosh, this dang thing is telling me I'm like way behind on my move around the house or like way behind on like, I I think I must have it set to like my move equals like 400 calories. I don't know if that was the automatic that was set or if I set that at some point along the way, but how that's such a negative impact on like your, it's supposed to be helpful, but the mindset you feel like, well, I'm already in the toilet. Like that's not helping at all. But then like, if I look at it at the week and I'm like, wow, okay. But five out of the seven days, I was at like Mm -hmm. 700, you know, move calories. And I don't need to do that every day. There's first off, it's not even healthy for my body to necessarily, whatever I did to hit 700 or whatnot, that's, that's not healthy to do every day with my, you know, my knees or just how I feel. And it's so much more about feeling. I think this is like Mm -hmm. so true of this stage of our life. It's like feeling into what we need that day that time, that moment, whether, you know, what type of, how do we take care and respect ourselves Mm -hmm. and, you know, come home and come within versus like having to hit and check off all the markers of, Oh, I hit my move calories. I hit my standing. I hit my exercise goal, like to take all the goals sort of away and just come Mm -hmm. home to like, what feels good. When do I feel? Yeah. 
Well, I think you're really speaking into that feminine intuition, right? Which is really our superpower when we Mm -hmm. can tap into it. And, you know, the trackers and the the stats and the boxes to check, while they can be motivating, because I love a good dopamine hit from checking something off Mm -hmm. my to-do list. Like, I do love that. I'm the one who makes a to-do list after I've done a few things just to check off the to-do list. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Yes. Yes, absolutely. But it's very masculine, right? Mm -hmm. It's a very masculine patriarchal energy and it, which is not bad. It's how we get stuff done. Mm -hmm. But then I think part of perimenopause is really tapping into that feminine, divine, intuitive energy. And that's Mm -hmm. what you're speaking to. I want to move my body today. And what way feels good? Mm-hmm. Is it a walk around the block for 15 minutes while I call my best girlfriend? Is it a quiet yoga practice? Or mm-hmm. is it a sweaty workout at a gym with a lot of people around, right? And right. depending even where you are in your menstrual cycle, your 28-day cycle, um, different exercise is better for different mm-hmm. parts of the menstrual cycle. So mm-hmm. even just learning more about your menstrual cycle and how to support through those four phases is amazing. Right. So, right. I love how oh you're gosh. thinking. I think yeah. you're, you're yeah. you, you know, your journey of healing, like your mothering and your intuitive mm-hmm. mothering perspective, because you're doing the internal work, it's also like helping with, it's supporting you in perimenopause at the same time. Right. Yeah. And I never thought about that back then. Yeah. And, you know, so yeah, the mood swings slowly, like, Yeah. There's days that I'm, there's triggers that trigger them. Mm -hmm. And I'm aware of triggers and sometimes I'm not, but I also am aware of like taking note when they hit. So I'm now able to see it as it's a remothering, even of myself, of, you know, coming within and saying like, well, that didn't feel good. And I don't like how I responded. How did I respond? I mean, just last week I said to my husband, so when I responded like that, that was actually like 10 year old Angie responding Mm -hmm. because she didn't like, didn't feel seen or heard in that moment or whatever. I wasn't responding as a 42 year old (laughs) has like the conscious recognition that like that there was nothing that you said that was really that bad, but that I like reverted back to that little girl Mm -hmm. that needed to be seen and heard in her own right. And it is like it, the perimenopausal symptoms as I have healed have come to like a more stable ground. doesn't mean that there's not off of that, but that there's like, I think I'm just more, it, it has opened up the doorway to more awareness to what my body needs in order to feel stable. Yeah. And I think that's why I want to have this conversation is because if women in their forties understand what's going on in their body and how that's showing up there, the awareness, the Mm -hmm. awareness is key rather than feeling like, Oh my God, am I going crazy? Like, am Mm -hmm. I out of my mind? Because that's what I hear from a lot of people. And that's what I personally experienced for a long time, but just understanding on a biological level, what's going on, Mm -hmm. gave me a lot of uh, Mm self-compassion. Oh, yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. And as you're saying that, what I'm even thinking about and hearing is how, 
a little off topic, but we've been, um, society has conditioned us to think that all mothers and daughters butt heads and have huge arguments and roll our Mm -hmm. eyes and scream at each other and slam doors. And like, oh, by the time she goes to college, you're going to be glad that she's going to college. And where this, I feel into this is that, gosh, like, when we go like within and we do our healing and we feel that stability of like listening to ourselves and caring for ourselves and are aware and have the conversations with them. And then they're aware of their own changing bodies and how things might one week instead of just rolling your eyes and being like, oh, clearly she must be getting her period next week, mm-hmm. but having these open dialogues so that we both recognize, and it's more of a cohesive family of just understanding, you know, everyone's awareness. And obviously not with like, in, we don't have to be in depth even like about a really personal, but just to share that, that journey of going within and tapping into our feminine and our intuition to understand what our body needs. And even so much as to um, what our body is telling us, whether that's even illness or something's not like something no longer feels right in this area of my body. Maybe I should see a doctor for that instead Mm -hmm. of like turning a blind eye to everything and thinking that's just normal. It's just normal that I should feel that way. Yeah. 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 Like being able to raise that red flag and say, I don't feel like myself anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, I need help. I think the tricky part right now in today's society is the menu that most traditional medical doctors are offering up is birth control pills, an IUD or a hysterectomy. And we talked about that. That was actually offered <laughs> to, to me. Oh, just it's offered to me. OBGYN appointment. Me and they too. were like, well, would you like birth control pills? I was like, um, doesn't it say on the bottle? Like, I remember this from when I was in my early 20s. That did, did the bottle not say could cause like blood clots, stroke? And I remember saying to the OBGYN, okay, that scared the crap out of me when I was 19, 20 on birth control. I would think that that would be even more scary and more likely to occur when I'm over 40, that it could occur, that it could cause a stroke or blood clot. I think I'm going to run, run the other direction from birth control. That does not sound like something I'm going to be, I am a worry wart. I'm going to be walking around thinking I'm having a stroke like every other day. If you put me on that pill, (laughs) that's not going to help the, the mental load or anything, but yeah, it was all of this, you know, she, she hasn't, they, they have not gone as far as the hysterectomy, but um, the birth control pills were offered immediately. And I think I shared with you that I even, that is a quick fix that they look at for now, both puberties, because mm-hmm. when my oldest hit her puberty and her cycle, and it was out of whack and it was heavy and cramps were really bad gosh, I even remember when she was hitting puberty and didn't necessarily, I don't remember if her cycle was steady or not, but she had acne. That was what they offered. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Like she was like 12, go ahead, put her on birth control. That will stabilize things. And I looked at them and I said, 
okay, but if we stabilize things at 12, she doesn't know at 24, 28, 30, whatever, when she comes off of birth control, what a normal cycle is for her. So I want a couple of years of normal cycling before we jump into birth control. And when we jump into birth control, I would like to use it for what it's actually for. Like, yeah. not that I yeah. want to even think about, you know, at that moment, you're like, I yeah. don't want to think about that. But I know that that point is going to come, we're going to have to have this conversation. And I think it should be used for that, that reason versus, hey, you have acne. Um, and yeah. interestingly, with all of your background in intuitive eating, you know, she dropped eating dairy, she's, she's strict vegan, but at that point, she was vegetarian. And she dropped all dairy and her acne cleared in three weeks. So, uh, you know, we went in and they were like, well, how did, how did that happen? I was like, we just, we stopped dairy. Like I did some research. I I did not want to medicate her, but yeah, that's all they offer. Like just the quick fixes. And I, with respect, I worked in a medical institution. They don't have time. And I think that's where like your, your role as a coach and as a woman who passion is an intuitive eating and perimenopause can really help women and really help my listeners because it's that moment of like, Oh, there's somebody else who understands and gets it and can explain things to me because we don't all have time to research so deeply everything that we need to know about our changing bodies our changing lives, all the stuff that comes up in life, but to have someone we can go to that has Mm -hmm. the time and that we can, you know, we can, join a program or work with them so that we feel more balanced, even if our hormones aren't balanced, that we feel more balanced and not crazy. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's exactly why I've specialized in the work that I do, because I found there was a gap between medical doctors and like truly supporting women. And just for the record, like I work with women who are on birth control. I'm not anti-birth control. It just wasn't the right choice for me at this time. And I know that medical doctors, because they're limited on time, the menu of services that they're able to offer is very limited. Mm -hmm. And so this holistic perspective of lifestyle change and nutrition support and mindset support doesn't come from a medical doctor. No, And they're not even trained in the holistic approach. No, No. they're just not. That's why, uh, you know, I, that's actually a main reason I left my career or my job as a medical social worker, because it didn't align with who I am at my core, which is a very holistic, spiritual woman who is going to handle her body, her life, helping others in a holistic manner, not in a medical manner. And I am a hundred percent supportive of medical field and what people like you need, you know what you need, but I want us to first be able to like tap in and know that this is what we need, not something we're being forced to do. And like you said, with birth control, I'm uh, women need to use that a hundred percent support that, but know that you're making that choice for yourself. And because you, you know, you've thought about everything, you've leaned into it and you know that that's your choice. And then we drop the judgment which is always like in motherhood and womanhood, it's like just this big overbearing shadow of like, drop the judgment. Like, I'm not going to judge you if you're on birth control. I'm not, I'm not going to judge you if you put your 12 year old on birth control to help her acne, if it makes her feel better. But I want you as a mom and you as a woman to like, just know that you're making that choice and that yes, you're, 
getting the education that you need first to make that choice, because maybe there is something else out there and maybe there's not. And that's the right choice for you. And sometimes maybe it's a transitional time period as well. I mean, I just saw um, Jen Hatmaker. I don't know if you know who she is or follow her. She's like an author. And she had just done a post on Instagram about the use of antidepressants and that she needed them for like a transitional time period. And some people need them for a lengthier time period and none of it's wrong, but knowing what you need for your own body, which is so much, you know, I think pulling all of this full circle with like perimenopause and intuitive eating, like getting in touch with your body, which I feel, and everything really kicks in again in the second puberty of perimenopause that getting back in touch with coming home to ourselves and knowing yeah. what we, we need versus what everybody's telling us we should do. Yeah. And yeah, a coach absolutely. is a great place to start with that because I've never been in a coaching relationship where they tell you, this is what you're going to do. And this is what you're going to do. And this is what you're going to do. It's never been like that. It's always been like an invitation to explore what works for you. What do you need to support yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And to offer up like those different solutions. And I see my role is like shortcutting some of that research that you're talking about, like understanding a 40 year old woman's body and being able to shortcut some of that information Mm -hmm. for women. You know, that's the reason I wrote my guide. Actually, I should share about that. So I wrote this guide called the smart woman's guide to healthy living over 40, Mm -hmm. which is literally everything I wish someone had told me at 35. (laughs) I put it in the guide, right? (laughs) And I'm sure you'll share it in the show notes, but it's Kate Williams Stone. Kate Williams Stone slash guide is where you'll get it. And there's 20 pages that I wrote in there. And a lot of what we've been talking about here today, I referenced from the guide, but I just wish someone had told me, I was just lucky enough to have my best friend who's 10 years older than me to say, oh yeah, that's normal. Oh yeah, that don't freak out about that. Oh, go get this supplement. You know, I like haphazardly put supplements together until I really like refined what worked for me, but to, to bridge that gap between birth control and hysterectomies and just a short medical visit to like, what do you really need in this period of life to support all of your well-being, not mm-hmm. just your physical body, mm-hmm. and to understand what's going on with your right. body. Right. Because no one yeah. told us. Nope. Nobody told us. <laughs> There's no manual. <laughs> there was no manual given. Like, this is what you're going to, when you hit 35 and you go for an annual checkup, <laughs> this is what is coming. Nobody, nobody told you, you know, and I well, think we yeah. think in our thirties, we're still sort of, like you said, in the very beginning, like I'm hot, I'm young, like I'm at my peak. And then you're like, holy crap. Like what is happening here? Everything's yeah. shifting, changing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you think about the different phases of life. There's a conversation around puberty and support there now, right? There's so many uh, pregnancy support groups, pregnancy uh, communities, and then postpartum, there's mommy Mm -hmm. and me, you know, there's all of that going on. Mm -hmm. And then where's the perimenopause, like support group and conversation? Uh, That's what what I want to have. Yes, yes. And you're hitting that on the head, because that's what I've said, like, nobody's offering support to the mom of the teenagers. 
we're yeah. all getting real quiet and saying like, I, I, I guess I shouldn't share this. Like I have no one to mm-hmm. talk to and oh no. And that's all in that same time period. Most of the time yeah. you are hitting perimenopause at some point in perimenopause, you will also have teenagers. And I feel yeah. like we have been taught to just like retreat and take care of it on our own versus like supporting each other and recognizing like, it's going to be okay. This is what, you know, this is, this is normal. This will start feeling, you know, you might start feeling this way or whatnot, but I said the same thing. Like we have so many support groups for, um, you know, prenatal and then young moms. But once the kids hit a certain age, we get real quiet. Nobody's supporting and, and in many ways, like I found, I was even afraid to say to my mom, like, Hey, how'd you do this? Because it, I knew it wasn't going to be the same. Like, I just mm-hmm. knew the answer was different. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, it was sort of like a shit show. I think when she went through it, it was just like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't even know if she would remember what, what she did, yeah. but where's the support for this middle stage that I don't know if they just think that we know what we're doing, but Hey, now we're hitting all this new territory and the support needs to be there. So I hundred percent agree with you supporting in perimenopause is to me like the same as supporting the mom with the teenager. And yeah, it's the same time period of life. And by supporting ourselves as moms, mm-hmm. we heal ourselves, but we also heal our families. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. So just the conversations I'm having about perimenopause and my period with my 12 year old son, his eyes are way more open than my brothers ever were. Right. Right. Like it is an open dialogue in my house. Like, oh yeah, I have my period right now. Or he'll, I won't volunteer that. But if he asks what's wrong, mom, like, why does your stomach hurt? I'll say, oh, I have my period. And he's like, yeah okay, I know I asked you, but I didn't want that answer. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you asked, so I yes. told you. And he's like, okay. Yeah. You know, but and just that conversation. Exactly. And what a blessing that conversation is for any future relationship with other women. Mm-hmm. That you don't even, like, you're not really thinking about when your son's 12, but like the relationship to understand like, okay, like I saw my mom, like my mom talked about this openly, that it's not taboo to talk about or whatever that too many of those conversations became taboo like you just don't you don't share or whatever like I I had friends that didn't share I I have like one friend now but when I started at 35 she and I hadn't even met yet so um you know I think what a blessing to have that conversation with our sons and our daughters because it's going to open up that communication and their, you know, just their awareness of what, you know, what's going on. Yeah. And I'll natural even take and a, normal. Yeah. Yes. I'll take it a step further with my son and say, you know, you have girl, female friends at school and they get their periods. And he's right. like, what? And I'm like, <laughs> and so sometimes they might have a hard day. Or they may be dealing with something at school that puts them in a bad mood besides <laughs> just school because uh, this is going on in their body. The empathy like, that you're Whoa. you're building in him. <laughs> like, and I'm like, care. I'm just telling you. And he's like, oh. okay, all right, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it like, might be like, a, okay, that was too much. I don't really want. I didn't really want to think about that. But we all know that then it's seeping in, 
and it then is. it's sticking yeah. around whether it's like ooh, ooh, uh, you know I think for me those like really with having daughters the harder conversations were among like intimacy and their own well only one of mine you know has a boyfriend or whatever but the intimacy in relationships and your cycle and where you are in life and like tuning in and what do you all of that like those wow. were the big ones as a mom of daughters like where I didn't yeah. I didn't have to talk about I mean obviously we had to talk about periods when it happened like right. and you know we knew it was sort of going to happen you saw like the physical symptoms were starting like the leg hair grew darker and the underarm hair and you know and the doctor would keep you abreast like well I think we're probably I remember them like I think we're about a year out I was like okay <laughs> I don't think you can really it was like a year wow. and a half later that what whatever, but the conversations that were sort of like, I don't really want like this is TMI in many ways. They don't want to know about like intimacy from the mom, but I felt like that was sort of skipped over in my generation mm-hmm. and just brushed off, and that didn't help. So we had to change the conversation and open it up for all of us to be aware of ourselves and others and just hormones and all of, all of, all of that good stuff that we have to talk about. <laughs> and yeah, my husband would I always say it. like, I'm so glad we had two girls. I'd come out of the conversation and he'd be like, I'm so glad we had two girls. I'm like, yes, me too. I guess like, I, oh, thank God, because I don't know what you would have said. <laughs> they're transforming you, yeah. you know, yeah. they're there for Absolutely. your growth. Yes. Absolutely. Our children are always here for our growth. Um, Absolutely. All the lessons, all the lessons. And I say to them all the time, like you are my greatest teachers, like absolutely into this life. You came in here to be my teacher. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. They know what we need. And actually like they know they're choosing when I mess up and I've messed up many times and I share about it on the podcast very often. I say, the grace I give myself is because I know that they chose me <laughs> so that the lessons would be given. <laughs> like maybe mm. I messed up, but you chose this path. Like I, and that is my belief, like that there is a choice in, we knew this journey, we were going to walk together. We're going to have challenges. And these were the challenges to grow to the better version of ourselves or to that next level. And that, that that's how I sleep at night. I'm like, well, I, I know it. that they chose me even yeah. if I've messed yeah. up because you know what we all in our forties, like I look back at my parents and I think, Hey, like a lot of the stuff that at one point felt really yucky and like bad and it traumatized me and all of that. It's still, of course it's still there. And I have had to take care of myself in many of that, but I, I know that they also changed me like just the lessons of being like that family or whatever was how I got to here today. Yeah. And it made me who I am and who I am here to change the world for. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's I love big, that. Acceptance my big thing with the motherhood and it hasn't always come easy. And there's still moments where, you know, I have to do some deep forgiving of myself. <laughs> Um, don't we hey, all that's okay we all have to do that so well we went off yeah. on a tangent but I have absolutely loved this conversation and I know when you and I get together we thank say, you like, hey we, we could just keep on talking um but yeah thank you for having this fabulous. conversation and allowing me to 
be on the podcast. It's been a real joy. And uh, I just love having the conversation and sharing it with more women. And I know in the intuitive mother audience will resonate with this conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have loved having you here and our conversations. And I know I will drop the um, website and your Instagram and the link to that workbook or, you know, your, um, what did you call it? I the, guide. the guide, yeah, guide. the guide, like, it wasn't yeah. a workbook. the guide in the show notes and, um, real quick to wrap it up though, where, what is your Instagram? We'll share that my, at the end of this one. Yeah. My I know Instagram. there's some great stuff on your Instagram that you post for <laughs> the second puberty and perimenopause and intuitive eating and all the good stuff. So go ahead. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So my Instagram is Kate W stone and I'm a real life person on Instagram. So feel free to DM me on Instagram. Um, I'd love to connect with anyone in your audience. So Kate W. Stone to follow along. And yeah, that's where I'm posting lots about perimenopause, nutrition, intuitive eating, mindset, all of it. Mm -hmm. So be Mm -hmm. a part of the conversation. All right. All right. Well, I'm sure you'll find some viewers there and these last two episodes, this episode and the one before are just have been such a gift to the listeners. So thank you again. And you never know, maybe one day in the future, you'll be back on. (laughs) Thanks, Angie. All right. Have a great day. You too. Hey friends. Thanks for joining me on this week's episode of the Intuitive Mother Podcast. I am so deeply grateful for each and every one of you that has listened in, whether it's your 50th episode or first episode, you taking the time to share this sacred space with me means the world to me and warms my heart. I would love to hear from each and every one of you about what interviews you loved and what you want to hear more of. Drop me a line at Angie at angieshafer.com. On my website, you can also learn more about the programs that I'm offering and the coaching and healings that are also available for each one of you as you journey home to your sacred self. I am thankful for you spending your time with me and I cannot wait to share another episode with you next week. Have a great day. Thank you.